Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to church this morning. You guys doing good out there? Yeah, let's appreciate these guys this morning for, for their amazing job leading us in worship. You guys can, can take a seat and we'll have you back in a minute. You guys can take a seat as well. Well, a big welcome to you if you're in the room here right now. It's amazing to see you all and uh, welcome to all of the, those that are watching uh, maybe at home right now, live, those that are listening by a podcast at the gym, those that are listening in their car, those that are listening wherever it is that you're listening right now. A big welcome to you. I love this day and age where we can be anywhere in the world at any time and we can get together and enjoy the Word of God. And uh, isn't that a super amazing thing? And in a moment, I'll introduce myself. But before we do that, uh, I just want to thank Pastor Ed for this opportunity to, to, to have the platform this morning. What an amazing leader we have uh, in Pastor Ed Luther. Uh, he's been a, a man of God for myself to look up to, myself and my wife and our kids. And, uh, you know, get into his world, get into his life. Uh, you'll be blessed for it. Uh, he'll challenge you, but you'll always go to higher heights. And uh, he's a great man to be around, to, to position yourself under. So anyway, a big welcome again to everyone. Uh, I, I'm going to introduce myself. My name's Cody, uh, if you haven't met me. Uh, I've been at this church for, for over 15 years now. And uh, I, I led the youth ministry at one stage. I led the kids ministry at one stage. I've pretty much done everything except for uh, lead women's ministry. And don't put me there because I don't want to do that. My wife would be well more equipped for that sort of thing. Uh, I have, I have a, a wife and two kids. Uh, my wife, Michaela, she's sitting on the front row uh, this morning. And uh, you know what? Those, that, those of you at home, I don't have a photo to put up of my wife, but you just got to believe me right now. You're not here. So you just got to believe me that my wife is the most beautiful woman in this entire room. Some things... If you're here, you get to see. If you're not here, well, you miss out. That's it. Uh, I'm going to introduce my kids to you too. There should be a picture that comes up of my boy, Henry. Uh, he's two and a half years of age. Uh, he's a cautious one. He's the quiet one. Uh, he is a gentle soul. He's a bit sensitive. He's well-mannered. He says, thank you, please, sorry. He's, he's the ideal first boy to have, right? Except uh, sometimes I wish he was a bit more rough and a bit more playful. But anyway, that's why I've got my daughter, who's a year younger, 13 months younger. Her name is Heidi, and she should come up on the screen. Uh, these are the most flattering photos I could find of her. Um, we could have shown you photos of anything. Uh, she's the rough one. She's the tough one. She's the, the confident, fearless one, the one that, uh, that keeps us on our toes, um, the one that Henry's always trying to rescue out of situations. Uh, I always wanted to have a rough, tough boy that I could wrestle and play around with, and a princess. I've yet to get either yet. Um, but hopefully, as we have more kids... Uh, we, might, uh, we might get one of those. We're not having more kids just yet, um, but it is on the cards. And so that's my family. We're, we're in, uh, we're in uh, week five of our Uncharted series. And, and might I suggest to you, if, if you've missed out on any of the weeks or all four weeks leading up to this, listen to the podcast, go on Facebook, find this message, whatever you have to do to get a hold of it, because uh, this Uncharted series, is, it's been an amazing uh, life lessons uh, from, from our very own Pastor Ed uh, about how to get through this season that we're in now, an uncharted season, an, an unprecedented season in most of our lifetimes, if not all of our lifetimes, of things just changing all the time. It doesn't take long if you watch the news or you tune into the radio or anything to hear about uh, you know, natural things that are going on in the world. The virus is something that's happening right now. We've got natural things like earthquakes and floods and, and fires and drought and too much rain. and It can overwhelm us, right? All these sort of things. You've got things happening in, the, in social worlds. 15 years ago when I graduated high school, oh, sorry, 17 years ago when I graduated high school, 
We didn't even have social media. Facebook didn't exist. Like You had to socialize face to face. But social things are changing day to day. And over the last year, we've had to get on Zoom and, and use other ways to communicate. And, and I love it because half of our audience today wouldn't be listening if we didn't have that technology to communicate. But it's always changing. It's always shifting. There's so much unchartedness in our life. You've got economical things happening all around the world. There's a, a shift in that all the time. And then there's political things happening. Don't get me started on that. Uh, I don't want to talk about it because I'll be in the doghouse tonight because my wife doesn't like politics. Um, so I can't talk about it even if I wanted to this morning. Uh, you know, there's uncertainty, fear, anxiety, doubt. It sometimes seems easier to quit than to, to step up and to do something for God in a season like it is today. And, uh, but, but I, deep down, I truly believe that in uncharted times, we as the church, not a building, that we as the church have an opportunity to actually go to greater depths. We have an opportunity to stand up. And our chartedness should actually make us more comfortable in who God is uh, because it gives us a chance to, to have more faith. It gives us a chance to, to trust on God and His provision, to, to find courage, to be bold, to be courageous, to, to get out there and take ground for God. While the rest of the world is scrambling to find out what happens, we've got a Father, a God, who loves us and empowers us to do amazing things. We always have and always will encounter uncharted points in our life. Even before this season, is there anyone in here that has kids at the moment? Several people have kids. Anyone that has had kids? Yep. Anyone that's a grandparent? If you're at home, you didn't have to put your hand up then, but thank you if you did. Um, you'll know that parenthood, and if you don't have kids yet, take a lesson here. Parenthood is the most uncharted moment of your life. I make up everything on the spot. I pretend like I know stuff. My kids don't really care, but they, they follow my lead. And it's an uncharted season, but there's always uncharted things in our life. There's our social interactions, our relationships, everything is uncharted in our lives. But it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily your approach to unchartedness that matters. It's whether, you, whether you, you fight at it, whether you step forward and you do something, or whether you back down and you shy away because you don't know what's happening. And uh, an example of that, my, my son, as I said, is sensitive. Uh, you'll hear a lot of stories about my kids this morning. You'll understand why in just a moment. Uh, but my, my son, if, if you've got him down the beach and he sees water, he runs up to the edge and then he goes, Mommy, help me. Daddy, help me. And like, you hold his hand and he walks in quickly. And he doesn't want to go past a lot of knee depth. And he's like, oh, this is great. You get my, my, uh, my daughter anywhere near water. She's like, water! And then she's in there. And if you're not watching... You're rescuing a child, you know? And then a few times she's gone under and we've had to grab her. And she comes out and she's smiling her head off. And then you put her up on the beach and she does the same thing again over and over and over again. She's, she's fearless. But either way, they're facing an uncharted part of their life, swimming. They're approaching it differently, but they're not running away from it. And so it, it's, 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 it's the way we react to unchartedness uh, that matters most. And this morning I've called this uh, and you'll understand why I've been talking about children. I've been calling this, I call this sermon, Uncharted, Become Like Children. Jesus, uh, about to read a, a scripture this morning, and Jesus has been teaching. Uh, he's been doing miracles. Uh, he's had 12 disciples following him. He's fed 
uh, many people with, with very little resources. And uh, he's done so amazing things. And he's got these 12 guys that are probably feeling close-knit. They've been the, the 12 that have been chosen. They're like, yeah, we're doing really well here. Like, um, and then the transfiguration happens. For, for those that haven't heard the story there, uh, Jesus takes three of his disciples up on the mountain and, and God reveals himself and says, this is my son, follow him. So these three, are, they're probably chuffed. The other nine are down the bottom saying, why did we get, not get chosen to go up? Maybe there's a hint of jealousy there. I don't know, but just reading into the story a little bit. And, uh, and so they approach Jesus with this question, and it's in Matthew 18, 1 to 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him, maybe somewhere around Henry or Heidi's age, and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty crazy right there. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Lord, I just thank you this morning. This word, Lord, it's a word birthed in my heart by you, God. And I just thank you that I can't convict people's hearts. I can't change people's situations, but God, you can. In every place, in every time right now, Lord, would this word go into people's hearts and see them set free. And Lord, please keep people's ears open uh, so they can listen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, we all need that sometimes. I've been guilty of falling asleep in the middle of a sermon. <laughs> Become like children. Children live probably the most uncharted lives of all of us. They don't have plans. They don't have plans about next year. They don't have plans about tomorrow. They barely have plans about this afternoon. My kids don't even know what's going on right now, probably next door in kids' ministry. They, they, they don't have any of the stresses that we carry. They don't have any of the, the anxiety. Their life isn't planned out for them, and they really don't care. Whereas many of us as adults, we, we, we wish every fifth step of the way was planned out and ready for us. They have dreams. Kids have dreams. Uh, they might want to be a firefighter. They might want to be a superhero or a policeman or a builder or an astronaut. Uh, I, I, there's a story uh, last week, Michaela. Um, uh, Henry's obviously started realising that I go to work every morning. And he runs out and he goes, go to work, mummy, go to work. And, and um, Michaela in her, in her wisdom goes, oh, so what do you do for work, Henry? He goes, shops, work at shops, work at shops. And he brings out his little trolley and he's pushing around. And, and she's telling me this story uh, in the afternoon. And she said, and I'm like, oh man, that's, that's an amazing story, but can't you aim a little bit high? I'm not pulling down anyone retail, but I'm like, you can, you've got the whole world ahead of you. You can aim to whatever job you want. And so I thought it'd be cool if I asked the same question, see how he responded. And I go, Henry, what, what do you want to do for work? He goes, puppy dog. What do you mean? I want to be puppy dog. I'm like, okay, this kid has no idea about what's happening with life. And that's the blessing children have, right? They don't need to, to care about those things. Uh, but we, we look at this verse and we say, be like children. Well, children are so naive. Children are, are childish. Children, they don't have the responsibilities I have. They don't have to pay bills. They don't, they don't have financial burdens. They don't have relationships with hundreds of people that they've got to try, or 20 or, or three or one, or however many people you have a relationship with right now, in, whether you're in lockdown or whatever it is. You know, they don't have... That sort of thing. They don't have jobs to worry about. They don't have worries to worry about. They don't have to, if they're a Christian, worry that they're worrying too much. Because the Bible says not to worry, you know? And, um, and we're told to be childlike in this area. And that's when we realize that fear, worry, and doubt, and insecurities have replaced the expectation, the excitement, 
and the carelessness that kids have towards life. With such a difference between childhood and adulthood, how do we then reconcile that? How do we then become like children in Christ's eyes? Well, it's quite simple. And today I want to give you three ways that we can live like children. Three ways I believe are going to help us through uncharted seasons right now in our lives and then into the future. And point one today is recognize God's greatness. Not to blow my own trumpet here, but Henry and Heidi, they think I'm the greatest. They think I'm the best. I'll tell a story and it's the best story they've ever heard. I'll wrestle them on the bed and they'll even get hurt and they think that's the best ever. You know, they, I come home from work and there's such a commotion in the house. They get so excited. Henry, Henry's like, he goes, Mommy, Daddy's home. Mommy, Daddy's home. And you, you kind of hear his soft footprints running through the house. He's quite light on his feet. He's quite skinny. And then uh, the rest of the commotion is, is my girl. She's, she's a bit... A bit beefier, a bit heavier, the one that eats all the leftovers. And you just hear her going, Daddy! Daddy! Through the house. But there's a commotion. I don't have to do anything for them to be excited about me. I don't have to do anything to impress my kids. And why is this so? Kids instinctively look up to their parents and to adults. It doesn't have to be their parents. They look up to adults. They have superheroes in everything. Someone, if they're into cars and someone's driving a Ferrari, that's their superhero, you know? They've got a favourite everything, they've got a favourite colour, they've got a favourite dish, you know? It changes every day by based on what they see and who they have in their lives. Uh, they, they, they find security in adults being there. If you've got a child, you know, and you've probably seen this even, if, if a parent walks out of a room or walks around a corner, that child loses their security. That child starts crying or whinging or heaven knows what happens because the parent's not there anymore. But as long as an adult, as long as a parent's in the room, they're calm, they're collected, they're loving life. Um, their parents are often the greatest people. I'm not saying for every, for every child, like obviously some situations don't call that, but for the most part, children think their parents are the greatest thing in the world. God wants us to recognize that he is there as more than just God, but as a parent to us, as someone we can look up to, as someone we can find security in, as someone we can run to the door and go, Daddy, Daddy, I'm so excited you're here this morning. I'm so excited you're here in my life. I'm so excited you met me in my bedroom. I'm so excited you're here with me next to me on the treadmill right now or in my car. I'm so excited, Daddy, that you're here. God wants us to recognize he is there as a parent to us. Back in Matt 18, we saw the disciples. They asked, who's the greatest in heaven? And Jesus is like, he's in... he could have just easily just said, oh, God's the greatest. But I think in a way he wanted to add a little bit more to that, for us to come to a revelation of, in ourselves and to realize that he's pointing, he points to what we as humans would consider the least, the children, the ones that know anything, and says they're the greatest in heaven because of the way they act, because of the faith they have, because of the boldness they have, because of the way they don't... Well, they question everything, but if, if there's a final word, they don't question it anymore. It, it might involve several reiterations, um, but eventually they can admit that you're the greatest, right? Children know they're not the greatest and they don't care. They're not worried. They don't care about their status. They don't care about what those around them are doing. They don't care about the status of those around them. They meet uncharted times with arms open, ready to learn and to conquer. It's easy for them then to live out this scripture we're about to read in Matthew 6, 25, 27. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? Kids don't worry about tomorrow. Here's five things that they definitely don't worry about, and I made these start with F so that we can remember them. Finances they don't worry about. They don't worry about the future. They don't worry about family, and they don't worry about failing. Kids will fail over and over again, and they're not worried. They just get up and they try again. And the last thing is they don't worry about fitness or, or health, but health it doesn't start with F, so I had to say fitness there. If we take their lead and truly begin to see God as our Father, as the one who's has got our hand in the time of need, the one who cares for us, our daddy, then uh, we can begin to see life the same. We can begin to fear less. I know there's a, there's, a, there's a difference between going from a life of intense fear and intense persecution and intense uh, doubt and insecurity. That there's a stepping stone up from there. But if even today you, you go out and you do something tomorrow that you never did before, then this message was a success. If only one person does that. God wants us to continue to face those things so that we can be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Because when we're the best that we can be of ourselves, God's glorified through that. Instead of worrying in uncharted times, let's focus on his greatness instead and allow him to supply our every need. And that brings me to our, our second point this morning. Rely on what God gives. So number one was recognize God's greatness. Number two is rely on what God gives. If you're studying this place, you're starting to realize they both start with the same letter and there's a little bit of alliteration in there. Helps me remember, helps you remember. <laughs> Matthew 7, 7 to 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I can't speak for you. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but um, it feels like for the first time in my life, there is more closed doors ahead of me than open doors. It feels like every, every time we look at the news, there's another place in Australia or a place around the world that's in lockdown or has gone into riots, or has gone into... There's all this stuff happening all around us, and I think, well, there's doors closing all over the place. You say knock, and they'll be open, Jesus. There's more questions that people can't answer. God can answer them, but people can't answer them. We can't rely on, on, on news outlets. We can't rely even on politicians. We can't rely on even scientists sometimes to give us the answers that we require because they don't even know them as they're coming up. We're living in a day where uh, more and more than ever, we are becoming reliant, or I'm becoming reliant, on prayers to God. I'm becoming more reliant on asking God for my daily needs, asking God for my health, asking God to, to provide for my family, asking God to, to guide me, to, to speak to me, to lead me to do things for Him, because you can't find any of that out there. And, uh, but in saying that, Jesus says, knock Ask, seek, doors will be open, answers will be given. But I've heard this preached before, you've heard it preached. Many of us are not bold enough in what we ask God for. We, we like safe prayers. And, and there's nothing wrong with these prayers. Like They're great and I, I do them all the time, but God, give me joy today. It's a safe prayer. God says, ask for joy and you'll get joy. Give me wisdom today, God. Safe prayer. God says, those that want wisdom, ask for wisdom. God, you know... 
you know, help me today to be gentle to other people. Well, God, the fruits of the Spirit are gentleness. So if we're connected with the Spirit, we've got those things in our lives. And they're good prayers, but they're not bold prayers. And the one thing, the difference between we who are afraid to ask for things, yet should it be shut down and, and people say, oh, well, you're never going to get that. Children don't get that feeling. Children ask, and they 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 ask. And they're not afraid of when they ask. It's at the most inappropriate times they ask. Get on a phone call, and your children are asking you everything in the world. You know, any moment they're willing to ask anything, no matter how big it is. And mind you, no is an appropriate answer. When, God, when you ask God for something and he says no, it's still an answered prayer. We don't think like that very often. So what's the harm in, in asking? The answer is either yes and you're blessed and you get what you ask for or no and hey, move on to the next one. Ask for something different. Ask for ice cream instead of dinner or something. <laughs> Children are not afraid to ask. In fact, they're too bold. Nothing is out of place. They ask directly. They even go as far as to demand their needs be met. You know what I mean? At least my kids are like this. Heidi's off the hook. She's only just starting to learn to talk, so I won't talk about her in this point. But Henry, oh, Henry, if he can't do something doesn't want to do something, doesn't want to eat something. He's like, Mummy, don't want to eat. Mummy, can I have something different? Mummy, rah, rah, rah. Anyway, whatever it is, he asks. He doesn't often receive if he's asking for silly things. But he's asking. He's being bold. And, and a breakfast story from the other day. Uh, we, we were sitting down to have breakfast. We had bacon, eggs. Uh, my girl's eating it before it gets on her plate. Um, Michaela's just a bit faster than Henry. Uh, and I've, I've scoffed down my food, and Henry said, no, don't like it. And we're like, you ate bacon yesterday. Like, why won't you eat it today? And he's like, no, don't like eggs. And then you see his face go, oh, Daddy, can I have ice cream? <laughs> he's never had ice cream at 7 o'clock in the morning. We go, no, you can't have ice cream, son. Daddy, have popcorn. No. Daddy, Heidi finished dinner. Or Heidi finished breakfast, and like, he's doing everything he can to get out of this situation because he's not afraid to speak up. And I know for us, it's on a much bigger scale. But what if you start to be bold with your, your asking of what God can give you in this season? Start to be like a child, less fearful in getting things wrong, but stepping forward and, and being bold. Again, no is an appropriate answer. But we would rather be silenced than speaking up. We would rather lock, knock less and hide ourselves away. We would, and we end up barely asking, and then we barely receive. You ask for a lot, you receive a lot. You ask for nothing, you receive nothing. And we can definitely be like children in a sense. You know, I was saying, well, it's, it's pretty hard to be like, well, most of the, the miracles we see in the Bible, they had a childlike faith, and we don't even realize it. I want to read from Matthew 20, 29 to 34. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. Often people around you will tell you to be quiet when you're asking God for God to do something. So they shouted even louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want 
for me to do? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and he healed them. It sounds fair enough. We, all, we would all like to be on the side where we say, well, if someone was shouting out for something they needed, we wouldn't silence them. But in a big crowd of people, in our, in our life, in our workspaces, when people are shouting out for help, sometimes we just don't hear it. And so we've got to put ourselves in the, the position of anyone in this situation. We could be the one shouting out. We could be the people telling them to stop talking. We could be the answer, as Jesus was, to a prayer. Yeah. But I want to read. I want to change this up a bit. Cody is a dad version, if you want. C-A-D version. <laughs> Two children were sitting at the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Daddy, help us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, as we often do to our kids. But they shouted all the loud, Daddy, help us. Jesus stopped, called them and said, Kids, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, Daddy, we want your help. Childlike faith gains the attention of our Father. Don't stop crying out to God. No matter what other people around you say, no matter what your brain tries to tell you, no matter the doubts that come into your mind, no matter what our enemy tries to sow into your life, tries to put in there, don't stop shouting out to Jesus. There are so many examples where people did this childlike behavior and they received their answer, they received their miracle. We must be more bold with our prayers in this season. We need to rely on God. We need to be like children. We need to ask boldly. He's our God, our provider. He's greater than everything, including the uncharted. Point number three. Or before that, let's go back. Recognize God's greatness. Rely on what God gives. Remember God's grace. Matthew 14, 25 to 31. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. The disciples, they've gone ahead of Jesus on a boat. Jesus has stayed behind. They're out and uh, there's, a, there's a storm coming around them. Everything's crazy. They're, they're kind of worried what's happening. And uh, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is, if it is you, tell me to come out on the water, said Peter. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. So he stepped out. He, that's uncharted. I've never walked on water. I've never even asked to walk on water. He steps out and Jesus says, come to me. And he starts walking. And, and, but when he saw the wind and he was afraid and he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me immediately. Remember that word? Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And see, this is what struck me. Um, you might realize, uh, just as a side note, this morning I've used all verses from Matthew. Not a coincidence, I have been reading Matthew over and over and over again since the beginning of this year. So, you know, what you read, you, you see things, you, you preach from it. Um, I encourage you, uh, no matter what it is to get in the Word of God, even if it's just one Bible verse, read it over and over again every day. It'll seek in, you'll see it from different points of view. Anyway, about the third time reading through this, I saw this, you little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And, and often you sit there and you think, well, this is God reprimanding them for... For, you know, for having little faith, for well, you should have been able to do this, you should have been able to, to, to do better in your life. But there's not an exclamation mark there. There's a question mark there. Replace that with my kids. Hey, Henry, you should have known that I was there to back you up. Yeah. You could have done this. You know, why did you doubt? Yeah. Why did you say, Daddy, I can't do this? Or why did you say uh, that you, 
you couldn't do something that you were trying to do. Henry and Heidi, they jumped from the bed all the time and, and I continually step back a bit further to encourage them to, you know, <laughs> just to jump further and be better. And, and um, you know, they never have to question. They often don't even look to see if I'm there. They just run and they jump and they know I'm going to catch them or if I don't catch them, they're going to fall. I'm going to be there to help them up. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, children, they're not afraid to step out, but they know if something goes wrong, if they hurt themselves, the first thing they go is, Mummy, kiss my boo-boo. Mummy, help me out. Mummy, lift me up. Yeah. Mummy, make me, or, or Daddy, make me uh, happy again. Our son continually goes, I'm sad, make me happy again. <laughs> and it's like, okay, why are you sad? And he can't explain it, but he's just sad. <laughs> but you know, here's Peter. He stands up on the water. He has faith. He steps out. And he's succeeding for a time because he's walking on the water. And then doubt encroaches him, fear encroaches him, maybe finances got on his mind in that moment, maybe politicians started speaking into his head, maybe he started, well, he was definitely out in nature, and he's like, well, these storms are get worse than last season's storms, um, whatever it is, and he doubts and he sinks, and it says immediately Jesus was there to lift him up. Immediately. Jesus knew he was going to fail. Jesus knows we will fail. Jesus knows everything that's going to happen in our lives. God's there as a father who steps down and goes, no matter what the outcome, I'm here to rescue you. It can, be st- it can be so scary to step out in faith and do something uh, you've, never, you've never done before. And uh, I, was, I wasn't going to mention this morning, but my wife and I, we're, we're about to move into state um, in, in about a month's time, and that might be news to some people because we haven't got around to telling everyone, but uh, it's a scary season right now. But the more and more we step out, the more and more God answers the more and more God gives us vision, gives us clearness, and the, the more and more we attempt to do things our way and it fails, God steps in and goes, no, I'll help you out. Try again. Try again. Find a, find a different removalist because your first one wouldn't call you back for two weeks. Um, you know, find um, a different bond cleaner. Find a different um, whatever it takes. You know, oh, your, your removal date was on, the, on Easter weekend. Oopsies. Let's go a week longer. You know, find whatever it is. God jumps in and God rescues us. Recognize God is gracious. That's unmerited favor. Whatever we do in an uncharted season, if we're stepping out and attempting to get further, closer to God, further in what God wants us, if we're stepping out to, to, to try and do something that we've dreamed of our whole lives and we know lines up with God's word, it doesn't matter when we fail. It doesn't matter if things don't go right. Maybe things do go right. God's there. Things don't go right, God's there. Not to reprimand us, not to tell us we had little faith, but instead to help us up. To say, why did you doubt? Believe in me, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said right back at the beginning that Henry is cautious, Heidi is confident. I shared about the the, the water. Uh, Another example of that is is coming to stairs. Henry, uh, he wants to hold someone's hand, he wants to be carried down, he wants to hold the railing the whole way down. Heidi, uh, you go, Heidi, she takes a very long time to get down the stairs. Um, I'll tell you that to begin with. But um, she, she will, she's so defiant. She wants to do it herself. She's so confident. You go, I'll help you. No! <laughs> she at least knows that word. She's so confident. She wants to do everything herself. And, uh, and you know, I liken it to this. Like, who is right in that? Is Henry the way we should approach God, cautious, curious, rely on parents for help, rely on God for help? 
Or is Heidi the right thing to do? Because she's confident, she's fearless, she has faith, but she needs a lot of rescuing. Which one is right? Which is the right approach to come to Jesus as a child? Of course it's the fearless, faith-filled one, says the, the super spiritual, you know, spiritual person. You've got to be fearless, you've got to have faith, you've got to knock down doors, kick, kick wide open gates and you know, storm the gates of heaven. Yeah? Then someone else says, nah, it's the cautious one, it's the wise one, it's the one that takes time making decisions. I'm here to say they're both right. Because both of them are stepping forward into an uncharted season and they're not worrying about what's behind them, but they're looking at what's ahead. And so whether you're cautious and taking care, when we first made the move, Michaela was so, I need to see this place, I need to know the people, I need to blah, 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 blah. I just had a word from God and I went, I'm confident. We don't need to go and visit, it's COVID. We can just move down there and we'll find a house the day we move down. We don't need to have any plans. Heidi? Henry? Um, But she's more cautious. Who's more full of faith? Both of us. Both of us are relying on God to take the next season to to move forward. So we need to recognise that God is the greatest in all situations. To rely on Him like a child relies on their parents and to remember that when we step out, no matter how, no matter the outcome, no matter the, the approach we take to it, He's there to guide us, teach us, and help us when we fall. If the band could come up, that would be great. Point number one, recognize God's greatness. Number two, rely on what God gives. Number three, remember God's grace. Let's take a drink quickly. God wants to do something amazing in your life. And perhaps the season you're in right now, the season we're all in right now, a world of turmoil, a mind full of turmoil, a life full of turmoil, is where God wants to do his biggest work in you. In this uncharted time, whatever it is, God wants to show you that he's charted something for you. He's charted a future for you. And so this morning, I want to pray for everyone, whether you're in this room whether you're in your car, whether you're at home, whether you're sleeping on your bed, uh, subconsciously this will get into your mind. God, I thank you. I thank you so much, Lord, that people would stand up and step out. That a world environment where uncharted is all around us would not scare us, would not intimidate us, but with childlike faith we would step into situations. Lord, I see people even this week stepping out into areas of their life they never have before, mending relationships they thought were broken and they could never fix. Lord, I see people in their workplaces making decisions that are based in you, God, that they don't mind whether it comes to pass or not, Lord. At least they're stepping out in faith for you, God. Lord, I thank you we can be like children. You've called us to be like children. We've got examples of being like children. Lord, let us take heart. Let us live a childlike life. Let us approach you as as daddy, as father in heaven, as as the one who protects us, the one we can rely on and recognize your greatness over every situation. Lord, I thank you. Change hearts right now in Jesus' name. While we're still praying, I want to ask a simple question and, and, and I'd love for you to close your eyes if you can right now. I want you to focus on who God is to you. I want you to focus on where you are right now. Are you close to God? Would you say you're walking with God? Would you say you've never met God? Wherever you are right now, if if you would like 
to, to, to take a step closer to God, if you would like to accept him for the first time, then I want you to pray along with us right now. And everyone in this room is going to pray with you. Dear Father, I acknowledge that you are great and I am not. That you are saviour and I am not. That in every situation, you are bigger, you are better. I know your son died for me on the cross and I accept you as my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give a round of applause? For those that would have made this decision in all parts of the world, in all different times, you've made an amazing decision right now and and we'd love to hear from you if if you've made that decision. If you're here in person today, you'll find a yellow card uh, under the seat in front of you. We would like for you just to write on there that you you gave your heart to Jesus or you made this your home church uh, and and just hand that in uh, at the back on your way out uh, just so that we can get in contact with you and we can get to know you and and help you on your journey. If you're elsewhere in the world, uh, we would love for you to, 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 to get in touch with us uh, you can visit our website, which I believe will come up on the screen, all the w's.citychurch.com.au. Uh, uh, you can head over to Facebook uh, and find us there. And, uh, and on both those, you can find links to our app. Uh, the best way to stay in touch is to, to get into the app. Uh, but more so, if, if you're not on the Sunshine Coast and you can't come down to this very facility, uh, we'd love for you to connect with the church in your area. You know, just Google churches in your area, find a, a church that suits you, uh, and go and, and meet people. Because more important than hearing a message uh, is to actually get involved with other Christians, to do life inside four walls and and to encourage one another and bless one another. Thank you guys so much uh, for joining us this morning. We love you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.